anniversary, Michael. Happy anniversary, Christy. Wow, what are we celebrating? We are celebrating, I, I kind of can't even believe it. We are celebrating one year of Terror and Tacos. One year of Terror and Tacos. Woohoo! Y'all, we made it. We made it. Honestly, I did not know if we were going to be not, doing this a year later. I did not either, but, and uh, yeah, but we're here. We're here, and as I have said before, this has turned into the highlight of my week. Me too, and I, I was reminded when I was like, posting last week's and was like, oh shit, we're about to be a year. We started on 6-6. Six, six. Oh my Purposely, God. Purposely, I'm Perfect. sure. Perfect. And this um, will be released on 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, we, you know, we started off a year ago with The Omen. Yeah. Um, which, and, you know, Damien is born on June 6th. Right. So, right. Um, and, it, you know, we both, we both started, we started with The Omen because it was one of the earliest memories of horror that we both had and we both love the movie and so when Michael texted me about like what should we talk about for our anniversary I thought we thought why don't we return to our favorite protagonist yeah um so yeah so we're gonna talk about a bunch of devil movies yeah definitely I mean it's like it feels appropriate that we started with the Antichrist uh -huh. a year ago and that now we'll touch on the Antichrist but we're gonna graduate to the devil yeah, himself yeah we're just gonna go to the dad yeah um <laughs> whatever but what did we eat before well, because to celebrate one year, we went back to one of our favorite places, and I was quickly reminded why it's one of our favorite places. We went to Tacos y Mas. Which is the place where we went to the first for the <coughs> yeah, first episode. Yeah, and it's this, I mean, it's just it's the best. It's classic. It is it classic. It is the best. What did you have? I had one uh, chicken taco on flour and one steak taco on corn. Oh. Um, and I got a Dr. Pepper, because they don't have Coke, which is okay. That's they actually crazy. have Mexican Coke. They do have Mexican um, Coke. I just... Wanted a, you fountain, wanted a drink. fountain drink. You know, sometimes I just want a fountain drink. Yeah. Um, I had uh, these things called sopas, and it's um, where I'm from. They're they're called well, they're, they're it's like a gordita, except that it's not stuffed inside. Like all the the fillings are, are put like on, on top, top of it. Yeah, and it's like a, a little um, corn patty mm -hmm. uh, grilled, but it's not as flat as a tortilla. It's like a little. You know, gordita, which means fat. Um, and then you put all the stuff on top of it. And it's it's so delicious. And, and the corn patty is so good. And then you also got a lotus. Uh, yeah. Man, a lotus and corn. They're, they're a lotus corn. They're a lotus corn. It's, man, it's so good. It's so good. It has a little kick to it. Corn in a cup. Um, Classic corn in a yeah. cup. It was so good. Cheap. How much did you pick my for your tacos? My two tacos and, and my drink. drink. I got a large Dr. Pepper. Worth six fifty. Yeah, man. I bought two so two steak sopes and a generous amount of corn in a cup, and it was $9. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't spend $18 on just three tacos. No, I huh. didn't spend $18. Weird. Isn't that strange? Yeah, odd. Then what's the secret? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what it is. All right. Let's do it. Let's jump in. So I, I don't quite know how we're going to do this. Do you want to talk a little bit about the devil? Yeah, let's... Always. Always. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny, the, just the cons... One of the first things I wrote down was, is the devil scary? Um, but one of the most interesting things is, like, how we even have the devil kind of that we have today. Right, uh-huh. Right? I think, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I will. 
Uh, I think a lot we of people... Do. This is what this podcast is <laughs> we for. Speak for. We everyone. speak for everyone. I think a lot of people in the Catholic Church and probably a lot of Christian churches, I don't know, assume that there's a whole lot about the devil in the Bible. When in fact... There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. Satan is not even mentioned in the Satan Bible. Satan is not mentioned in the Bible. There, um, there's an obscure passage uh-huh. in Isaiah. I think Isaiah. Isaiah. Uh, and they talk about Lucifer? About Lucifer falling. But they don't even really then relate that to him no. being this devil. Um, he's more like this low-level bureaucrat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we talk, he's like kind of just does some, some boring shit yeah, that, for God. That God I, does. He's on God's side, actually. Yeah. There, so, yeah. It's, it's so there's really no... Our sort of concept of, of the devil or like even imagery has nothing to do with the Bible. The idea that... Jewish people don't believe in the devil. No. And so the idea that the snake in the Garden of Eden is the devil is a Christian conflation. Like they took their own beliefs and shoved it onto right. what is a Jewish story. Right. No, they. that's not. That's not what it is. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. You stole their book. You should at least stick to their rules. Right. Um, <laughs> sorry. That pisses me off. But uh, yeah, so so where did our our sort of, Im- like a lot of popular images of the devil actually our, come from? Uh, the popular images, modern day, actually come from art. They do indeed, right? It comes right? From, from art and actors. There's this really great documentary on, is it Netflix or Prime? I can't remember. I can't. I don't remember. One of those. I it's just Netflix. Literally just yeah, watched I literally it. I literally just can't watched remember. it. I texted you about it. It's called How the Devil Got His Horns. And it basically talks about our modern, what we view, what our modern day version of the devil is and how that evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can trace, we can trace the devil back in art to the 6th century, yeah, right? So in one of the last bastions of the Roman Empire, there's a little town in Italy called Ravenna. Right. That is like one of the final capitals of the, of Roman, the Roman Empire. Empire before it totally before fell. Before it totally fell. But it, it's Ravenna is also a place where Christianity was like super taking hold. So there is a, a basilica uh-huh. in Ravenna uh, that's very old, totally Romanesque. I, inc- I mean, it's, it, it's, it's incredible, incredible that it's still there. Yeah. How intact it still is. Right. Yeah, it, it blew me away. Right. And if you go into the main kind of like church portion of the basilica, there, of course, it's covered in amazing tile. You know, it, it, it's still very Byzantine. Of right. course, it's very Byzantine art. So there's all these mosaics on the wall depicting the life of Christ. Yeah. And up in the church, like in these <laughs> mosaics, across from the panel of Christ's Passion, uh-huh. is a little mosaic that shows Christ yeah. wearing kind of like these ritzy burgundy Yeah, man, robes. he's wearing some sweet yeah, robes, really dude. he's really And he's like standing there, and then on his right side, uh-huh. there's an angel dressed in red. In red. With red wings, red. right? And there's in front of this angel are sheep. And on his left side, left hand path, yeah. uh, is a handsome devil. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say handsome devil. Some people will disagree with me. But there's a blue angel. A blue angel. And he is very handsome, though. He is indeed. Uh, and in front of this blue angel are uh, goats. Goats. And so, of course, this is that one little passage about separating the sheep, sheep from, from the, the goats, goats. On the, on, at the end of day. And a lot of people think... 
this blue angel right. is, is is one of the, the first, first depictions of the devil. of devil in art. There is an Italian art history historian who will yell at you He's if you like, say that. No, it's not. You're, <laughs> You're wrong. wrong. It's not the devil, but the British guy is like, but it's the devil. But it's kind of the devil. But it's kind of the devil, right? Um, Alistair is Alistair his name. Alistair was his name. But it was interesting, uh, just even the idea that in that time, in, the, in, in that time, that the... The blue blue is actually the color of darkness. Blue right. is the color because there's no concept of the devil as a person right. or a human. It's an idea of darkness. It's right. an idea of of obscurity. It's an idea of a cult. Right. So, so like, if you were a mo if you were a modern per you're a modern person, Christy. I'm a modern lady. You know what's up. I um, do. You text message. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm <laughs> I text message all, all day. All the time. Uh, you might. I, I, my inclination would have been to be like, oh, that dude in red, that's the devil, that's the right? Devil. Because uh -huh. that's sort of, we have this kind of classic red devil or whatever. With like the pointy. The point, but they, they're they like, no, actually back then blue was, right. was the color, which again, right. cool. And um, then we fast forward to 11th century, uh -huh. right? And there's this other fresco in another basilica that kind of like is so... Alistair in the documentary says, <laughs> I love that guy, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> so they'll let me come in and see it, but I actually can't talk about it. And then he proceeds to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, he I doesn't didn't, fucking care at yeah, all. I didn't quite understand. <laughs> but he goes in and there's like, again, a huge fresco depicting the life of Christ. And there is like a weird, like fire, lava, uh -huh. fresco style connection between Christ uh -huh. and this entity that like it yeah you sure can follow the yeah, path yeah you can right? follow the path and the the like this fire path leads you to this other fresco where there are kings uh-huh and other kind of like powerful people yeah and even time. like people from the church right people from the church and they're being kind of like low-key tortured yeah. by these like demons <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. you know and then there's a guy in the middle in the middle and he's blue. He's a blue dude. And he's got white hair. Yeah. And his eyes are like going in separate directions. And he has a baby on his head. Yeah, lap. which is so, so crazy. crazy. And so like this is another early depiction of what we think is yeah. the devil. And again, this is what uh -huh. Who, art historian. It kind of looks like Poseidon. Yeah. And uh -huh. which leads to this idea that, so we have these early frescoes um, and then, but bringing up Poseidon, the church sort of like as we get further into the medieval era right um the church and other people and really artists really right. artists like really. It, it comes down to like portrayals of the devil in the mystery plays paintings right. right and then of course like so Giotto who is like and I was as I was watching this I was like oh man my minor in art history is finally this paying is coming off. back so Giotto is Italian painter who is believed to be or he's he's accepted as kind of like the artist that changed the language of painting yeah. from medieval to renaissance yeah. right so we're moving from two dimensional portrayals yeah. of human beings it's, to more three dimensional it's no longer yeah. byzantine 
it's like three-dimensional, nuanced They look depictions. like people. They look like people. Yeah. But in this particular fresco in this chapel, there's two depictions of the devil that Giotto paints. And you can see, like you could almost picture him going like, I don't know, I don't how, know. To, I don't know how to paint this dude. Because yeah, I don't know what this dude is. I don't know what this dude is anymore because also not just in art, but like in literature and in philosophy and in just kind of like every day, we're moving further into like... You know, we're resolving our place in the universe and kind of like what is our relationship to God and what is our relationship to the devil. Right. And the devil stays for a little bit kind of this obscure, weird, two-dimensional thing that we don't quite know how to translate into Renaissance thinking. Thinking. And then eventually we get... I mean, eventually we get to Dante uh-huh. and uh, not old Dante Flores. Not Dante Flores, my son. Uh, although, although he's, who he's knows? Due. Yeah, he needs he's, to he's write, due. Like, he, uh, he needs to write a, a power, devil paper. A devil paper. Yeah. But we get to you know uh, Dante Alighieri and the Inferno or the Divine Comedy and then the Inferno portion of it, and that's like really starts to mm-hmm. solidify right. imagery of like of in the one devil of the and how. later cantos, like Canto Thirty Four, where we actually meet the devil. Yeah. And Dante describes him as a so- sorrowful figure. Right. Right. He's not evil. He's and and this sort of then starts to bring back the connection to Lucifer, the fallen angel, mm-hmm. and like our devil mythos is sort of getting mm-hmm. fulfilled. Right. And then John Milton later, who's a obviously heavily influenced by Dante, when he writes Paradise Lost, and we have sort of the ultimate tragic figure. Yeah. He, by the time we get to Milton, he's like full-blown anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we get the it's better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. And so what it, it has been through art, and then it's also been through the co-opting of old gods. Right. So taking... So, it, yeah, when Christianity was really trying to get a foothold yeah. even more, they needed something to vilify. And so they take things like the image the, of Pan, mm-hmm. and you even said, like, Poseidon in that one right. painting... Um, Egyptian gods, and so they start to literally (laughs) demonize um, pantheons of other religions. And that's how we start to get sort of like the the goat uh, the like the goat imagery of the satyrs right. from Greece, and which is kind of hot. If oh you man, ask me. yeah. I mean, it's like they made a mistake doing they, that. Yeah, they blew it. Like, they blew they it because it's it. like you should have chosen like a little troll or gnome or something. Yeah, because like hot muscular guy with horns. Yeah, or you should have like picked a dude in khakis and a sweater, like right. it's just <laughs> like that. And so, like this to me, this you and I were talking about this. Early, I mean, a few minutes ago before we started, is in in the artwork, in the theater of the time, in the books and poetry that's being written, the devil is starts to become far more interesting yeah. of a character in a lot yeah. of ways than God, yeah. right? Um, There's a great Zeal and Ardor. I don't know if you're familiar with Zeal and Ardor, but it's a great band. And I, I'm not. Zeal and Ardor, which is great. It's like, it's devil music, people. Fantastic. Um, and they have a song called... I think Issa has yeah, played a song of theirs. The Devil is Fine. Yeah. And it's like, y'all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Y'all fucked up because you made the devil fine. Yeah. And it, it becomes... Like, and I should say, like, more interesting or intriguing or whatever than... than like, New Testament God isn't... Uh, you know? Yeah. 
Old Testament God There's, will fuck some yeah, shit up. Old Testament God makes better theater. Yes. Than, than New, New Testament, Testament God. God. There's no conflict. No. I mean, it's like New Testament God is like watching Barney. Yes, and right? that's why New Testament is so obviously becomes so fo- is so focused on Christ. Right. But have you like noticed you're talking about New Testament God being so focused on Christ? But isn't it strange? I'm about to say something controversial here. What isn't it strange <laughs> that? A lot of people who are like fundamentalist Christians in this country seem to be more concerned with the devil sure. than they are with Jesus. Yeah. Like they're more they're 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 driven more by what might happen to them with the devil than what Jesus actually taught. talked about. And, it's, and I think that's it's, fair to say of a, of a lot of It's ironic. religion. Yeah. Because the devil doesn't exist in in in, 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 in the early Bi- Christian yeah. in, in the Bible. And I know for like some of my friends uh, who are Christian, that that is the thing that angers them about the church the most. Mm-hmm. Though, like friends of ours who are still religious, right? Um, who are really good people and right. who actually know the Bible and are like, and there are lots, yes, and and who are like, you, have, it's become so right <laughs> skewed or whatever. You know whose fault it is? It's actors. It's <laughs> the theater it's, did it's, it. The theater did it because the devil makes better conflict. It's true, and it's it's odd. I am. I know we'll get to movies at some point, but um, it's really weird. Like when I left the Catholic Church, uh, I actually stopped believing in the devil. Before I stopped believing in God. Yeah. Um, And I stopped believing in the devil based on the idea of, like, if God is what you say he is, there's no way he would allow this to exist. Like, who would do that? That's a dick move. Right. Um, And it was weird. My mom and I were, like, talking about religion when I was, like, 14 and, like, wanted to leave the church, like, right around confirmation. And my parents were actually really cool about it, but they wanted to, like, talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted to make sure it wasn't, like, right. is this because you don't like waking up? Right, right, right. Yeah, the <laughs> same thing. My mother was like, is this because you don't like going to, because there's later services. Right, you could go at 1 o'clock. No, no. <laughs> but I remember my mom even saying, my mom, who's one of the most, like, Catholic, like devout Catholics I know, my mom saying she could never... Um, she could never wrap her mind around. She never believed that Judas would be punished. Right. And, my, yeah. And my, because my mom said, like, he did what he had to do. He, exactly. he did. He played his part in God's plan. That's exactly. And so what she my could mom never rectify the idea that Judas was this was the ultimate sinner and and deserved ultimate punishment. Right. And I remember, like, my mom saying that was like in my mind was like. Well, this is all bullshit. Exactly. Like, this is this is, and if the devil's bullshit, well, then God is too. Right. Now, the, yeah. Like my story of that is like when I started, really kind of like I didn't necessarily like not believe in the devil, but because uh, I think there's a secret part of me that still wants to believe that the devil exists. Sure. That I'm the devil or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, remember, I thought I was the antichrist. Right. So. Um, but my thing was like, so I would I would always ask these questions and I would get in trouble. And I'd be like, so nuns don't like questions. Nuns, they don't Christy. like questions. It's like so if so if, if if it's like God versus the devil, then is is the devil equal to God? Right. And they're like, No, absolutely not. The devil is not equal to God. And I'm like, so then why is God threatened by the devil? Right. And they couldn't answer that. And I was like, and if he's not equal to God and God created everything, uh-huh. then God created the devil. Right. And so if God created the devil and everything that God creates is good, why is the devil bad? Right. 
and nobody could ever answer no, that question. No, because there is Because there is there's nothing. No there's no answer. Yeah. And, and so for me, that was the, it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's yeah. all bullshit. And um, which I think has led to so this, many. That's me as a six-year-old. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Um, Isn't the devil good if God created I, the devil? And it's, it, it's the, which is why nuns get mad at you yeah. when you ask questions. Yeah. Um, because children will just ask the logical question. Right, because they really are trying to figure right. something out. exactly. And they've just been told something that's like, wait, what right. now? Right, yeah. Um, you you just said La Llorona would draw the little girl to her, and now she's running away. Now she's running <laughs> just away. Just basic plot it makes points, no man. no sense to um, me. So all of this said, if, if, there, if our idea of the devil, or at least I should say our image of the devil... Um, is has very much been created by artists. I think St. Augustine had a hand in it as well. Mm -hmm. That dude would rail about hell all the time. Yeah, isn't there a famous depiction of St. Augustine with, like, horns? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> um, that dude talked about hell all the time. Right. And it was one of the interesting things from the movie was you had a, you had a, a, uh, a population dealing with the plague and dealing right. with and really could not wrap their minds around right. why what was, what what, was why happening. Why was this happening, right? And so the devil becomes more and more prevalent. It must right. be this. It, it must, must be, be a devil. you've sinned. The devil's mm -hmm. been caught. Like, because they really were just like people yeah. were fucking dying constantly. But Agnes Nutter right. is sitting there going like, it's actually, actually the, the rats yeah. that we let live in our water. <laughs> right, right. Stop drinking water and pouring <laughs> shit into the water that we drink. For the love of for God. the love of God, um, please stop. So, if if we owe a lot of what the devil looks like, or we believe hack, acts like, or whatever, to artists, how how do you think that tr effectively translates to film, or do you think it has been effectively translated to the horror genre? Because a lot of movies deal with the devil in some way. Mm -hmm. He might be talked about or one of his minions mm -hmm. is doing shit. Mm -hmm. But what about actual portrayals of the devil? Do you, you know, do you think they work? Are they scary? I do think they work in some movies. And okay. this, this is interesting because, you know, uh, the, the devil doesn't really show up as protagonist or antagonist, whatever you want in horror movies until pretty late in movie history. Like if you if you go like if, if you do before the fifties, right? Mm -hmm. Or the fifties and before a lot of fifties horror is like atomic age yeah, shit, right? Sure. And then you have before that it's like old school monsters. Uh -huh. Right? Which are taken from like 18th, 19th century literature. And the devil doesn't really show up in horror movies until, I would say, late 60s, 70s, right? Like becoming super popular. Right, when there's like a, a bigger fascination with the occult and uh -huh. paganism and that sort of thing. And I think it depends on the, the what that... Uh, what that filmmaker decides it is, you right. know? And so, like, for example, one of the earliest, again, Rosemary's Baby, which is taken from an Ira Levin book. Novel, right? yeah. yeah. it's a novel. And in, in that movie, I don't necessarily think that the horror is in the actual devil appearing or being incarnated or whatever. John Cassavetes in a devil costume yeah. for, like, two seconds might have been scary the first time you saw it. Sure. But the more you see it, you're like, that's John Cassavetes. Yeah, yeah. and, and even, even I remember when I saw it, it was, it was it's off-putting more off -putting than it's scary. It's scary. I think the portrayal of the devil in that particular movie as an idea, right, mm -hmm. is, is, is 
scarier. I agree. And, and that I and I think that his followers yeah. the way Ruth Oh my god, dude. Ruth Gordon She deserved the, two uh, Oscars. They, yeah, I mean it's she's she's, she's so, so good. good. And so good in other things, Harold and Maude and all that. But but the idea that the devil's minions is like the really helpful older lady who lives next door right. to you. And that's exactly what Roman Polanski was trying to do. That's why, to me, the reboot of Rosemary's Baby, it, it takes place in France, and Zoe Saldana plays Rosemary, and you've got like a super hot French woman and like a super hot British guy playing the, the cast of it. That's so ridiculous. It doesn't necessarily no. work because it's like that's what you expect. Right. You know, he purposefully cast all of these older people that we had seen in old 50s yeah. TV shows that were known to us as kind of like the helpful neighbor. Yeah. You know. That that you're going to get annoyed with because right. you're a young couple trying to get it on. Right. Trying right. to make love, Right. Christy, trying to make love. And these old people are bringing you cookies right. and want to eat dinner right. and all that stuff. What you don't know is that these old people are like... Yeah, the Satan. devil. Yeah, like yeah. They're Satan worshippers, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. have more, and have real power. Have real power. Yeah, um, that's the scary that, part of that. Yes, and also the the to me also the idea that that she's fighting so hard against this thing happening to her baby, and then at the end of the movie, she gives in. She gives she, in yes. to it, and and the 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 power and the seduction of like this is you you had been asking for a baby. You had been asking for a baby. Uh-huh. We gave you a baby. Yeah, and not just any baby. It's like, this baby's going to be... This baby's going to be powerful. Yeah. Are you going to reject this yeah. baby because of this one detail? Yeah, right. What are you going to do, Mom? Right, and... And yes, she chooses, she chooses to, to, protect the baby. to protect the baby. And so, again, I think you have, like, the concept of the devil, those around him, or whatever, it, uh, are, is where the horror comes from. It's not the image of the devil that's scary. Right. Um, um, others, like one you and I have talked about a lot, I think one of the tendencies, uh, you, you see, even, because even if you go back to like Faust by Goethe and Faustus by Marlowe, which was a couple hundred years before, even Lucifer barely shows up. Right. Like other people, other demons in those stories, right. Mephistopheles specifically, uh -huh. take care of shit for him. Right. Just like Gabriel or Michael or Raphael takes care of shit, care of shit for, for God. God. Like they have their other shit going Raphael on. Raphael Perry? No, no. Raphael Perry. He's an angel on earth. Um, they have other shit going on, so they send their, like, you know, minions, yeah. right? Um, so when we do get Lucifer or the devil or whatever you want to call him, like full on in something... I feel like it can get tough because I think actors, a lot of times, you know where I'm going with yes. this. See it as an opportunity to just like chew the fucking scenery in a way like I'm playing the devil. I think we know what, what movie we're <laughs> so, talking about. Devil's Advocate hoo -ha. Hoo -ha, is like the all the bad and I don't God, I love Al. I, I mean, Al Pacino, Al Pacino is Michael Corleone. He my changed God. my life. But it's gone past hua. Yeah. And we've gotten to him getting to play the devil. And nobody reigning him nobody in. Nobody reigning him in. And it's this idea of like, I'm the devil. I can do whatever I want. And he's kind of foghorn, leghorn. And, and yeah. please explain for those who haven't seen the, the Devil's Advocate, the this. 
and it's the it, three minute scream. The thing is, is that it could have been great because sure. it is it is Al Pacino, right? And you know, the whole movie. He even says, he says, I people don't expect me. You know, he has this one really like horrible line where he's like, I fuck this girl, whatever, and she turns around and she sees me, and she's surprised because it's me. Right. You know, she has a whole thing where he's telling Keanu Reeves, you wear the cowboy boots and you're slick and you're handsome and right. everybody sees you coming. Nobody sees me coming. Right, which, which is an interesting... Which is an interesting again, take. Again, the devil is a five foot four middle-aged Italian guy. Right. Yeah. But then at the I'm end, all for I'm that. I'm all for it. <laughs> but then at the end of the movie... Oh, good Lord. When Keanu finally realizes what's going on and he realizes that he's the Antichrist, uh-huh. right? And that his destiny has been kind of like controlled by Al Pacino... Uh, the whole time, not Al Pacino, the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he comes to his crazy penthouse apartment in New York, and there's like, I think it's more than three minutes. It's like eight, maybe eight it's minutes. It's like eight minutes of Al Pacino waxing poetic. Yeah. And like all of these crazy film, just platitudes of like cheesy lines. Yeah. And screaming. Every single every line. Every single line. He is screaming. <laughs> Every single line. I'm your dad, Kevin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I just broke the thing. <laughs> John will fix it. In She's beautiful, Kevin. Look at her. And it's, the word Kevin cannot be frightening. I know. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you're the Antichrist and your name is Kevin. Kevin. And Kevin, one of my best friends is named Kevin. He's a, he's not the Antichrist. He's not the Antichrist. I know. Um, and, and it's... And I, but I think that... Cause I've that s- to me, that's like... Like something that could have been good and was and just Taylor Hackford, shame on you, Taylor yeah, Hackford, for not raining. I, I wonder in. if it was intimidation. Like you're just scared. It's like, You just can't tell out what you know what to do. Like but I do think and I you know, I have, I love that movie. Me too. And like I wrote uh, you know, with, with Jeffrey Schmidt and Lydia like wrote an adaptation of Faust and that was like one of the things we taught, like how do we make and we just ended up making Mephistopheles Lydia and she's awesome and of yeah. course you want to hang out with her. Of course. But there it's it's hard for for actors to not go like this is what the devil is. Right. So if Pacino is like the oh fuck man you went the wrong way, are there any portrayals that work for you? Yes. To me, I think there there are a few. There there's two in particular. And there's a- Angel Heart, which is oddly enough De Niro. De Niro, Alan Parker. And you would have been like, "See, Al, look, yeah. Robert was able to exactly. do it." Exactly, adapted by a book called Falling Angel. This is a 1988 movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And it features it uh, features Mickey Rourke uh-huh. as as Harry Angel and Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet in like right at the peak of her Cosby. Fame. This was, I think, a purposeful decision, right? Yeah, this if was I a, remember a, correctly, for her to like go in a different direction. I so uh, you're so appreciate so you appreciate love, the decision. So in love with Lisa um, Bonet, still to this day. It's, a, it's a, actually a really great detective, a really yeah. great like detective movie. Kind of has like a, a noirish feel, totally, very dark, shadowy totally. kind of stuff. And I just I've seen it a million times. I saw it yesterday. I watched. I knew we were going to talk about it, so I was watching it again yesterday. And I even picked up things yesterday where I was like, oh, I didn't pick that up before. It's really cool. And Al Pacino, not Al Pacino, Robert, Robert De, Niro. De Niro plays Louis Cypher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But they, they're aware of it because Mickey Rourke's character, Harry, Harry Angel, he says it. He's like, Louis, come on now. Come like, on, man. He's like, come on. Yeah. When he finally realizes what's going on. But he 
Robert De Niro plays a very, um, just kind of like toned down, uh-huh. low key, very handsome. Yeah. Very dashing, very beautiful portrayal of the devil, uh-huh. but he's not loud. It's completely Com- understated. It's completely understated with a sense of humor. Uh-huh. And Robert De Niro himself has said that he was just doing Martin Scorsese <laughs> on film, which is amazing <laughs> to me that he was just playing Martin Scorsese on film. Um, that one works to me because then at the end of the movie, he has one moment of like, your soul belongs to me. Right. And that's all you need. Uh-huh. Right? Where they do something crazy with his eyes, and he does something with his voice that is even more low-key. Right. Like, he goes in the opposite Which direction. Which I think is... It's funny. Like, I, this is a weird analogy, and I don't know if it makes any sense. I have a, a couple friends who are basically giants, you know? Yeah. Like, giants. Like, yeah. six-foot whatever. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, giants. Like, gi- and are some of the softest spoken people you'll yeah. ever meet because I think they know they that don't want to scare people. Intimidating. And they don't have to. Like, right, they don't have to. <laughs> right. right, and I think Robert De Niro knows this. Like, the devil doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to lift a finger. <laughs> so, which leads me to the other portrayal of the devil that I really, really love. Do you, oh, real quick, sorry. Yeah. Do, you, do you consider Angel Heart a horror movie? I consider it like, you know, I was just talking about this with someone earlier this morning. I, I, I consider it like horror noir. Yeah. Like I, think, horror, I, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, because it is horrible. The the stuff that, that happens in the movie, there is some gore in it. Yeah. Not a lot, but there is there's some, some gore in it. There There's like dream sequences that are very moody and atmospheric yeah. and kind of weird. General sense of dread. General sense of dread. And it's very much like a film noir. Uh, the structure of it is horror. Like the realization at the end of Mickey Rourke is horrific yeah. of what's going on. Going on, yeah. So I do consider it Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, it's a great detective story. It's a great noir, film noir movie that has a supernatural element to it. Um, so the other depiction of the devil that I really, really like is in Ninth Gate. Right. It's another Roman Polanski film. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's played, uh, the devil is played by Emmanuel Sanger. Mm-hmm. That sounds a, right. Yeah, hot French woman. Who's, ma- who's married to Roman Polanski, but she's a famous French actress, and uh, but she does not play up her hotness. No. And actually, that's the thing in the movie that is so interesting. She kind of plays against it, yeah, right? Yeah, because Lena Olin is also in the movie, and Lena Olin, who's also a hot uh, European woman, she plays... A Satan worshiper. Uh-huh. But she plays a poser Satan worshiper. Yes. Like, in the movie, she plays this woman who's just, like, holds these kind of, like, Satan worshiping orgies. And right. And she's super rich. It's like, and, it's like she, she read a book once about what Satan right. worship should be and yeah. just, like, fucking went with it. Exactly. Like, a lot of people today who are like, witches are cool. Right. Um, or a lot of people on the flip side are like, I kind of heard about Christians and this is what... And went the wrong way. Right. Exactly. You know? And so... She, they play up Lena Olin's character, Iliana Telfer, who's absolutely cool because her clothes are cool. And she's Lena Olin. And she's I Lena mean, she Olin. She can't help but be cool. But she plays up the hot factor, right? right. So when you see Lena Olin, you think, this devil, is the devil. This is the devil, yeah. right? But you're wrong. Right. It's Emmanuel Sanger who like wears mom jeans and yeah. a sweatshirt and has her hair up in a mess. It's kind of a mess, up. right? She's kind of a mess. And you think, you kind of get the idea that she's just like, she's set up almost like, a wandering student? Right. 
She's like, always reading a book. She's always reading a book, and she's always like, happens like, well, I'm going here. I'm what are you doing? Library, eh, yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna yeah. go see Switzerland he or says, whatever. So what? Are you a student? And she goes, kind of. Yeah. So you just get the idea. That she's just sort of this, you know, yeah. wandering. Is she in her twenties or thirties? She looks like she's in her twenties. Yeah. And 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 the great like the great thing about that is that she just kind of shows up where Dean Corso is, is played by Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp, and ends up helping him and stuff like that, and. The, the whole idea behind the, which is also an evolution of like how we see the devil or the role of the devil, is that in a lot of these earlier movies, in Angel Heart, in Rosemary's Baby, it's kind of like the deal you make with the devil and how it fucks you over, yeah. right? That you are wrong. That making a deal with the devil, you're going to get fucked. Yeah, it goes back to the Faustian right. bargain, exactly. right? Whereas in Ninth Gate is one of the first times that we see kind of like... The devil was always with you. Right. You just you just hadn't figured it you, out you yet. You just hadn't figured it out yet. And and the second you said yes is when you became actualized. Uh-huh. Is when you became a realized person per- and you knew what your purpose was. What? And that which is what happens to Dean Corso. He didn't he didn't set he doesn't set out to find the devil. Right. There's this mystery that he becomes curious about and in solving the mystery he discovers who he is. He is, yeah. Right. And I think we kind of get the ultimate payoff in that kind of theme with The Witch. Oh, yeah. If we go sort Absolutely. of all the way around and, and come to back to a movie we've, I mean, I think it was our second episode. Yeah, it was our second episode. It is that, to me, is like that's the ultimate story of right. The Witch, right? Which, which, if you go back to the original idea of what the devil is, is kind of like, you can't, the, like the whole theme in Ninth Gate is like the, in the book it says it says uh, lux, lux, sic luciat lux which means let the light shine right. right and that's like the the motto or whatever it's not evil it's not bad it's just the dark side of shit right right and what path are you You're going gonna to choose and which path are you going to walk and are you going to try and take advantage of the dark side and then get away with it and try and go to heaven right or are you going to accept who you who are who you are yeah and not try and fuck anybody over do what you want and then the devil won't bother you yeah and it's funny because you know I, we sort of started saying like the devil isn't in the garden of eden and the snake isn't in in isn't the devil in the Garden of Eden. There is, to me, though, this aspect of stuff in, like, The Witch and Ninth Gate that in some ways the devil is actually the apple, right? Right. Like, that... It's knowledge. It's knowledge. It's self-knowledge. And and that is looked at, I guess, as being negative in right. the story of Genesis. Because, because you're supposed to trust without question. Right. You're supposed to you're supposed to blindly follow, follow this thing. thing. But the other side of me is like there's a great line in Good Omens, which I was talking about. Right. There's a lot of great lines in Good Omens, but uh it's a show based on an amazing book by Neil Gaiman and, and Terry Pratchett that just came out. Um there's a demon and an angel. They become friends or whatever. Um, and the demon, played by David Tennant, is the one he, like, he's the snake. And he whispers right. to Eve and she bites the apple. And then he was like, I wonder if I if I actually just did a good thing on accident. And so he was supposed to do something bad. And that's what he chose. And he, he's so... The, and it's like the question is set up from the yeah. beginning. Like, why is knowledge bad why is knowledge bad and in the witch she is told over and over basically like don't question i mean it's 
Yeah. Dude, it's Puritanism, yeah. like literally, right? Stay and in line. Stay in line. Do what we tell you to do. Don't question. Don't, don't question. criticize. To the point where she, and I'm sure like a lot of people of the time, she can't really write. She can't sign her own name, right? No. Um, she has no, very little knowledge. Um, uh-huh. and, and the devil offers knowledge, knowledge of, 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 the the, world. of the world, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, I was in a play once where one of our consultants for the play was a rabbi, and he was so cool. Like, I, I just wanted to sit and talk to this man all day long because he had such interesting, you know, ideas and stuff. And he talked, in, like, in, in, in rabbis and in Judaism, like, they all they do is sit and discuss yeah, text. Like, it's all text analysis, yeah. which is so awesome. Yeah. And he made mention, we were talking about the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, and he said that he never saw that story as Eve having done something bad. Right, right. You know, that isn't it beautiful? Like he always thought about what a wonderful thing that this this creature of God decided to take this step right. and and open her eyes. Uh-huh. Right? But that everybody views it as a bad thing right. instead. And I think part of that, and this is like a whole other thing, is is it's a it's such an easy way kind of like with pandora or other stories to blame women mm-hmm. for wanting knowledge for being logical yeah yeah and that so eve gets blamed for the apple pandora gets blamed for opening the box which again is is about right. knowledge right. um you know god the funny the funny thing is like then that's not even the first jewish story of creation i mean you have the lilith story right that gets sort of it gets swept, swept away, away because and, people didn't like lilith and, yeah and yeah and so um i that's really interesting that the rabbi and i and i would love to you know i taught at an orthodox jewish school for three years i taught theater so it's not like i was delving but i you know worked with rabbis who were cool and really smart guys um, they're all super smart and uh, it is interesting to to again having been raised with sort of a very Catholic take on what we call the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, what they just call the Bible right because it's their book yeah and, and that Christian interpretation of Jewish stories has become so far away far away yeah um, from what from what it from what it was, was. Hey, I mean what other what other devil movies? I mean, it's I, I I look at my library and I'm like, I have a lot of devil movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an it's it, a lot of times. You know, we talked about the Omen a year ago. Yeah, but there are three omens, and actually, right. there, and are I, there, there are more. There are more omens. remakes. But I just and, recently saw the second one. Right? I was a teenage antichrist. I was a I like teen, to call it. as you like to call it. I yeah. was a teenage antichrist, and I like it because, like, in the first one, in the first one, he's a baby. Like he 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 doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know no. what's happening and in the second one he's hitting puberty mm-hmm. and he is beginning to change yeah and, and uh, comes into, into yeah. his power and comes starts to understand power, who starts he is starts to understand who he is and he is conflicted yeah he is kind of like he has this his cousin right. whom he loves who's like a brother to who's him. like a brother to him and he's like I now know who I am come with come me come with me I will take you with me I will keep you safe I will I love you yeah and and it's the cousin 
who rejects, rejects Damien because he's because, evil because of something that Damien can't control. control. Yeah, he can't control who he is. Hey man, he's the devil's kid. It's not his fault. It's not his Some fault. Some old Italian priest fucked up shit back exactly. in the day. Exactly. Like, you know, and it's so who is who is the villain in yeah, this story? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, I, yeah, and, and like he, Damien just does what he has to, to do. do. And I think the Antichrist becomes, because it's such a popular figure in, in like multiple genres, but in horror it becomes easier to deal with than the devil himself because you can humanize him, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, again, yeah. why we have a lot of stories about Christ and not necessarily a lot of stories about God. Right. And when it's a movie about God, it's like George Burns playing right. a bus driver. Right, or, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so the anti, because like, and then in the third omen, the final conflict, he's Sam, Sam Neil, Neil, which is like, fuck yeah, I want to hang out with that dude. Of course, I want to hang out with Sam, Sam Neil. Sam Neil, dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and like Sam Neil, and he likes dinosaurs. He likes oh, that's a different movie. But he's still is he like, still he's Sam like Neil? Sam Neil. And like Sam Neil, like thirties, like super good looking Sam. I mean, he's still a good looking cat, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Sam Neil in his prime. So yeah, the Antichrist. I love. I kind of like those. I like. Those, I love the Omen movies. Um, that is such a good point that you make about there's so many stories about Christ because we can't relate to God. No, no, and you can because so, nobody can. Nobody can, and and I think you kind of run into the same thing with the devil. Whereas, like, if it's a story about Christ or the Antichrist, mm -hmm. you can humanize those right. figures, right? Um, especially like. I mean, a lot of stories of about movies about Jesus or whatever, like, you do get into, like, conflict and this guy, real again, like young Damien, right. realizing what he is. Hey, man, he didn't want... That's what, that's what Last Temptation is about. Yeah, and that his whole purpose is to die. Like, it, right. It's Who so, wants that? Yeah, that seems it's shitty. Bullshit, um, man. And so, I, that to me, that's why we get so much about the Antichrist, is... We can humanize whatever the devil might be, whether he's red with horns and all of that. Or he looks like Poseidon. Or he looks like Poseidon. Or, or, or he's, like he's just like a weird idea. Yeah. The Antichrist is, this kid is born on Earth, ostensibly sort of raised as a human, mm -hmm. like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so there becomes... And like, then he has a job to do. And then do. he has a job to do. Yeah. And so even when it's Sam Neill... When he fully knows like what he has to do, right? He's still like, oh man, he's just kind of you know. Yeah. Uh, it's which comes back to like your mom and, and, the, and the idea of Judas because like that's one of my favorite musicals of all time, Jesus Christ Superstar. It's fantastic. It's and the one the, thing the, Lloyd Webber knocked out of the park as the, far as I'm concerned. The concern. role to play in that is in Judas. That, is Judas absolutely right? Yeah. And it's like that was my question all the time as a kid. I always ask like, why is it? If Judas was just doing what he was supposed to do, yeah. why is he vilified? If he doesn't do what he did, then, then, then none of this then happens. None of this happens. Yeah, and it's uh, it it's always been an odd thing to me that he's the one who gets, you know. You can't have and like it's like church. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, and like you can't have free will and fate. You can't right. have it both and ways. And I think that's. I think that's what is, yes, I think you're right. And I think that's what becomes interesting about Antichrist stories or, or stories about Christ is that you have these two figures that don't actually have free will. Right. And that sucks right. for both of them. Right. And yet what we're telling, what people get told is that you have... It's free, on you. It's on yeah. you to choose to do uh -huh. the right thing. And I'm like, 
Well, it doesn't really right. make sense. And I don't know what, by the way, I don't know what I believe in. Sure. I, I don't, I mean. But I know that Judas wasn't given a choice. Right. I know that he had to do that shit. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't want to. Right. Um, right. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to keep having, I, I don't think the devil's going to go away as a storytelling. No. As a horror sort of image. I do think, though, we will always see more of. Deem like a demon, right? You know, there's a great. We talked a little bit about this. There's a great moment in The Exorcist when Reagan, right, when mm-hmm. Reagan's possessed, and Damien's like, "Who are you?" and the says, "I'm the devil" or whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm paraphrasing. And then Damien, Father Damien, is like, essentially, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah, the, the devil doesn't bother with this. Is nonsense. Right, right. And I mean, so, and Damien's also having like a crisis of faith, faith where he's like. That's bullshit because one, the devil doesn't exist. Second, he doesn't bother. He with doesn't bother shit. with little possessing little girls, right? right. Um, which, which is why is kind of the same thing happens in Last Exorcist, exorcism, yes, or whatever. Right, Something right. Like it's that. not. It's not the devil. Like the devil again. Like God, they gotta send other dudes and and angels to do this shit because right. like they got other things. I don't know what they're. I in my right. mind, they're just like playing checkers and laughing at everybody. Um, no, they're trying to make touchdowns happen. T- that's right. That's absolutely right. God, They've each picked a football team. God is trying to make touchdowns happen. It's a busy job. It is a busy job, um, especially for the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, and so you get figures like Mephistopheles and Faust, or on the God side, you get Gabriel, you get Michael, like you get angels coming down, Which goes back to his original job was like this low-level bureaucrat. Yeah. He was kind of, he's kind of boring in the Bible. Uh, Yes, and so over time, it's turned into like a way more... Because people needed someone to blame. Yeah, people needed someone to blame, and I think... I think also, again, if he's, at the end of the day, if he is temptation or whatever, right, he has to be tempting. And I think that's why we get so many interests, like, right. why the devil becomes more, I mean, for lack sexy. of a better word, sexy or fun. Yeah. Even in the Bible, when Christ is tempted, I mean, he's tempted with some cool shit. Yeah. Uh, he's a you know better person than I am. Then I but, would uh, be. I would have been. That's like, why okay. he's Christ. You know. That's um, why he's Christ. But I think we do. We do have to have that. Like the the dark side is tempting, man. Well, dude. I mean, but I, I'm not to get like super philosophical or anything. But it's like I know, and this is super trite. But again, you there's no light without the dark. Without yeah. the dark, and you I, know. And I think that. That is what sometimes what becomes like the the most fun stories. Not not even in horror right. are these ideas. Like that's why I love Good Omens, because God is cool. Like we don't really meet God, but like his angels are dicks. They're dicks. Like Gabriel is a dick, just like the demons are dicks. Mm-hmm. And you have these two, one from each side, kind of being like, man, everybody we're surrounded by is a dick. Yeah. Like. Maybe we should be both of these. Like, maybe we're better off because we're not fully bad and we're not fully good. Right. We're kind of just more like humans. And we're kind of friends. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like the idea of, like, being fully human is like, yeah, you have you have both. You can't not, you know. Right. So let me ask you a question. As a teenager and still in life, I mean, now that I'm not a teenager, I'm an older person, <laughs> I still love... Tim Curry as darkness in Legends. That may be my favorite. Do you think that that is a straight-up depiction of the devil? 
or do you think it's a depiction of some other pagan? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I always equated it with the devil when I was a kid. I did, too. But that's probably be but I've heard, where I was I've, coming yeah, from. I've heard other people say, like, no, he's not the devil. He's like this pagan. And I'm like, I think he's the devil. I, I think he's the devil. And he he does have that line at the end when, when baby Tom Cruise is, like, trying to kill him. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're nothing without me. You but, actually You actually need me. Yeah. It's and and that's it's true, uh, man. And God, that's probably one of the first times I was maybe scared by something in a movie theater. Like I found Tim Curry, abs- I mean, he's amazing. He's Tim, it's Tim Curry and yeah. alluring and all those things. But like that's a he's scary in that. He's scary and attractive. Yes. I yes. mean, as yeah. I mean, this is why I'm saying like it's 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 way more attractive. Yeah. I mean, he and is Goth like, Mia Sarah is one of the oh hottest things God. I ever saw as a kid. I wanted to be Goth Mia and Sarah. I wanted I'm her like, to like me. <laughs> I, I'm like that dress. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Um, but it, it yeah. So again, it, it, but it's, she chooses Baby Tom Cruise. Well, I mean, he's kind of cute. Too. He's he's. She knew. She, she saw in him where he was going. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's right. It always is these, these stories of, of you you can't have one without the other, and and the argument of like if God created everything, then God created the devil. So yeah, so how can it so be bad? how can it be bad? How um, can I be bad? How am I bad? I'm just as God made me. Right, right, um, man. This is I don't know. Did we solve it? I don't know if we did. I don't know if we did. I like. Uh, me personally, I like, I romantically like the idea of the devil. Sure. I do, I'm going to admit it. No, of co- I think, I, me too. And I think, God, like, you know, again, there's a great line. I keep going back to Good Omens just because I just watched it. It's like, well, we have all the great composers. The demon <laughs> says. It's like. What are you going to do? Go to sh- heaven? And just listen to like shitty music? Like most of like everything. <laughs> <laughs> we love like leans to the dark side, yeah, do right? You think Jim Morris is in heaven? Right, no. Or was, or was or was created by someone who leaned to the dark? You know, um, it's right. It's of course I think it's way it's way more interesting and and right. There's and again, you how do you relate to perfection? You I can't. You can't. You can't. Maybe and maybe some people out there can. But I like, don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is another interesting thing. So there are like this is not even talking about movie. Anyway, we're almost out of time, but I'm okay. going to say this. So Ninth Gate, Devil's Advocate, Angel Heart, Rosemary's Baby uh-huh. are great. Devil movies. Yeah, should, I, yeah. Devil's Advocate. Just know what you're in for. Yeah, know what you're for. It's fun, but but when you get to the end of it, it's gonna be like, oh my, <laughs> oh my god, god, what the fuck is happening? But you know the storyline with the Jeffrey, the the uh, not Jeffrey Jones. Well, yeah, he's in it, but um, the whole the actual storyline. Yeah, that is, is is interesting. Yeah, is interesting. Um, but you know, you have in the United States or in the world, you have the Church of the Satanic Temple uh-huh. and the Church of Satan, right. which were both born from the same organization and kind of like split, went in different went their separate ways. And it's the Satanic Temple actually does a lot of good work sure. in yeah. the world. And they don't actually believe in the devil. No. They are like, there is no devil. They have kind of adopted the idea of the devil as outsider. Right. They embrace their outsiderness, uh, and then, their pariah Yeah, and right? most of their, their sort of philosophies are just like humanist philosophies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just do good in the world. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Right. 
Right. The don't be a dick. Yeah, man. Church of Satan is a different story. Yes. They actually do like Sabbaths and shit like that. Right. Well, I don't know because I don't know a lot of it. A lot but like the black side. man. And, and, yeah. 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 Um, so it's like, it's really like these two, it really all is these two sides of like, are you doing evil shit or do you just reject? I don't even know. Like, do you just embrace your outsider status? Yeah. I, and I think that, again, man, I hate, just like feel like I'm repeating myself. Like, that is, I think, why you say stuff like the idea of the devil is romantic. The idea of, of the fact that you're, you maybe you didn't feel like you fit in with everybody or maybe you feel like an outsider or that you're other in some way. And so, of course, that's... Of course. You know, that's what you're going to connect to. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it won't ever go away as a storytelling right. device outside of religion. Outside of religion. You know, yeah. um, outside of you're going to burn in hell if you do this or that or whatever, just as a storytelling device. You right. Know? It's really interesting. I'm watching this show right now called Forever on Netflix. I think it's Netflix with Armisen and yeah, Maya Fred Rudolph, Armisen right? and Maya Rudolph, and they don't they don't talk about God and the devil, but the ideas are there, and it's not good or evil. It's not uh, dark or light. It's it's not any of those things. It's just one it's, or the it's other. Just one or the other. You know. That's interesting. I need to watch that. And watch what that. kind of person are, are you? you? Are you the person that's going to be that wants to live in this world, or are you the person that wants to live in this world? And neither of them are good and neither of them are bad. That's cool. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah. So that, dude, we, we, we did, did it. it. We saw This feels appropriate for our year yeah. anniversary. Yeah, it's I just agree. just us waxing philosophical about the devil. Oh, <laughs> one of my favorite subjects. I said it. Yeah. I said it. Um, so... What are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. We're, this is going to be tough to follow up, but it we is. are we are back on, on a regular schedule. So I will say this. Mm -hmm. If you are listening to the podcast and enjoying it, um, or you hate us, whatever. I don't want to. I'm not about censorship. Yeah, Christy. man. It's a one. It's uh, not. It doesn't have to be good or bad. Yeah. If you have a minute, <laughs> it's one of them. If you have a minute and could give a, a review on on the iTunes or Stitcher, wherever yeah. it is, that would that would help us out. Give us a nice shout uh, out. Just trying to spread the word yeah. to the people. Um, and yep. shout out to Jim John Make Noise. Oh, we are next week, I guess. The we're gonna meet up with Bob. That's right, um, Bob McVeigh, and we're gonna go see the Dead Don't Die. The Dead Don't Die, and then we will come back here and record an episode with a special guest. Yeah. All right. That's it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. And go with the devil. <laughs>